What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. We're in Media. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Scary Stories We Tell. I am one of your hosts, Chris Dashu, and I'm joined once again. You have heard them here before because they're one of the co-hosts of the show, Jess Byard. Hello. <laughs> you, what? <laughs> you Hello. seem very confused. Where am I? <laughs> Hello, in this weird space that I frequent from time to time. Yeah. In the in the audio in the audioscapes of the world. Coming to you from the audioscapes of the world. Now we're here to talk about a, a little place on the internet called Reddit. More specifically R slash paranormal. Textual scapes of the world. Uh R slash paranormal is a subreddit of Reddit.com where you can go and check out Users submitted stories about the paranormal, the supernatural, and the unexplained. If you have heard one of these episodes of our show before, you know what the gist is, but I'll break it down for you if you are new. Jess and I are going to go back and forth and read some stories from r slash paranormal. We'll give credit to the author and we'll make sure that the links to the articles are in the description of the episode if you want to read along or check them out for yourself. However... We do not know the validity of these stories. (laughs) So (laughs) listener discretion (laughs) advice. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, again, expect that Jess and I will talk about the stories when we're done reading them. But again, the validity of the stories that we are reading is not necessarily guaranteed. It's some, and sometimes it's, I would say sometimes it's rather obvious that they're not on the level. All of a sudden (laughs) you see a werewolf walking around outside your house and they're making the the perfect werewolf noise. Maybe you now just Chris, wanted to see a werewolf. How do you know? How do you know? <laughs> you know what? I'm I am a, I am a believer with a healthy dose of skepticism, as I know you are, and even I uh-huh. sometimes cannot be convinced. <laughs> Not Look. the werewolves in the yard. I can't deal with that. <laughs> werewolves of London, different story. Werewolves in my backyard. Not so absolutely much. not. That's an R.L. Stein book. Werewolves in my Werewolves backyard. Werewolves in my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the lesser known R.L.s. That's a Fear Street title if I've ever heard it. So my uh, submission comes from four months ago. It had 856 upvotes and it is posted by one Tetra Delta. The title of the submission is Dreamt I Died in Car Crash. Car wouldn't start today. And then it's uh, labeled as a precognitive dream. So the submission is as follows. I do not know if this is the right place to post this, but I had a strange experience. Last night, I had an extremely vivid dream. I barely even remember dreams that I was on my way to work and died in a car crash on the way. I woke up at 3.15 a.m. and tried to go back to sleep, but couldn't shake this feeling. Usually I go into the office on Wednesdays, so I started getting ready for work and had this feeling of utter dread. I told my girlfriend I loved her like four times before I left, then walked out to my car to head up to work. As soon as I tried to start the car, all the lights and head unit came on, but the car wouldn't turn over. It's always been a battery issue, so I have one of those fast chargers, put that on the terminals, tried it, and no dice. I couldn't believe it. My car had worked flawlessly other than leaving my lights on since I got it, but I was oh, Jesus. So this was extremely strange. I'm taking it as a sign from the universe. Just bizarre. I don't know how to feel. So into the comments... People saying it wasn't a dream. Maybe you had precognition. Some some people kind of mentioned 
their own experiences. One of the comments didn't have a dream, but I was sitting at a red light instead of going immediately after it turned green. A picture of my grandpa who passed over a decade ago popped into my head and I sat there frozen for a couple seconds. Just as I was about to drive, a large U-Haul ran its red light. Had I gone, the U-Haul would have hit me directly coming from my left and I had to turn to the left. Some people saying a month ago, I had a dream that my car wouldn't start that day. My car has never had any problems. I'm supposed to drive my nephew that day, but he already knew that it wouldn't be happening. So before I even give him a call and tell him I don't think I'll be able to give him a ride. I get into my car and boom, it won't start. I know it's not as weird as your story, but it still weirds me out. So people kind of echoing what uh, our our dear friend Tetra Delta had to say. So kicking it to you first, Jess, what's kind of your read on this uh, story? This is something you believe in precognitive dreams. I mean, what they're dreaming about is not like a dinosaur walked into my front door and the next day a velociraptor knocked on my door. It's my car wouldn't start. And the next day it's let me put it this way. I I dreamed I died in the car and then my car wouldn't start. Right. It's not like I dreamed I was going to win a million dollars and I won a million dollars. It's it was it's again, can't dreaming something commonplace happening and then it happens. That's the question, I guess. Right. Yeah. So I I do give, you know, I do have some beliefs in dreams, you know, as cognition and as, you know, just in general as kind of messages to ourselves. Right. Sure. Um, Sure. You know, I in particular get pretty vivid recurring nightmares when I am at like high stress points in my life. Sure. Um, And, you know, the themes throughout them or whatever are often, you know, pretty obvious and to what they're referring to of what's going on in my life at any given point. So, yeah, I, I give some some credit to the idea of dreams as, you know, premonitions. Um, so I can't, you know, discredit this person. Um, this isn't, you know, also when we're talking about the stories that are like made up and stuff like this, I, I feel like they tend to try to be a bit like they're more embellished and more elaborate when they're obviously right. fake. Perfect things are constantly happening. That because people want that, you know, that shock and awe factor. But I think people who have very mundane, because I think a lot of people experience things like this, paranormal, psychic, you know, mystic, whatever you want to call it. I think people experience experiences are a lot more mundane than they are, you know, a haunted house movie. Right. I agree. I 100 like percent. That's more common. Right. You know, your lights turning on, your, you know, floors creaking and hearing like weird voices and stuff much more yeah. likely to happen to you than like a full on, you know, demon possession. But but so, yeah, I, I, I believe, you know, I think that this this person could likely be like telling a, a truth and just, you know, and even still, they may, may very well have had this dream and their car didn't start. And sure, maybe neither one of them actually, you know, connects to each other in any way. But it still doesn't mean it didn't happen. It right. might mean there's not a. It might just you know mean there's not a psychic connection. Causation does not necessarily in, uh, indicate correlation. I, it's just correct, and that's and that's kind of you know when I pose the the question to you, it, it's it's not like they said something crazy happened and that crazy thing happened. It's an innocuous thing that could happen to any of us any day without right. and reason. At that point, what is the point? What is right. the point of making up that little bit of a black? Like, exactly. Because that you're on the, the Internet, you're in this forum. If you're trying to get like the, you know, upvotes and shit, you're going to do something a bit more ridiculous. That's going to get people commenting negatively or positively. But right. you want people commenting. So, yeah. Why would you make up something as innocuous as I had a dream? I died in a car crash and my car didn't start. And if so, yay, good you, good for you, universe, and good for you, person. You obviously did something, you know, to see that the universe was like looking out for you that day. Well, and that's and that for me is kind of where I come in at precognitive <laughs> dreams. You know, I I have had a couple occurrences in my life where re, and it happened even recently. Uh, Kate was going to go some somewhere. I don't know what it was, was going out to do something. And for whatever reason, I got like the most sinking of sinking feelings in my stomach. Like, I don't know why. Like, I, I have genuinely no fucking idea why but i just remember getting this like feeling of and they mention it here and i think that it's it's an apt way of putting it they mention utter dread i mean they say it explicitly and i don't know how to explain it other than just a 
almost like galaxy level feeling of dread. Like it's not in, it's not within me. It feels external, but it feels all encompassing. If that makes sense. Right. Like I'm, yeah, in, I'm absolutely. in, I'm inside of it, like inside of a bubble of dread. And that's what it felt like. Like, just and, like, Ooh, something is off. Right. And, and again, maybe it's not even outside of my sphere of existence. It's just me feeling that way. It's not actually anything, but. Sure, but your your personal vibrations are off. Right. And I remember telling Kate, I was like, wherever you're going, whatever you need to do, I will take you there. I will drop you off. Do not worry about it. Like, because I think she was going somewhere by herself. And it was like, it wasn't that I couldn't go. It was just didn't feel like it. And so sure, yeah. I ended up just taking her and going and running whatever errand it was with her. And I don't have any earthly idea if I did or didn't prevent something from happening because nothing happened. But again, it's like anything else, you know? Yeah, I've had moments. I've definitely had moments like that where you just feel like an overwhelming sense of, you know, I've had nights where I'm like, I, you know, thinking about going out with my friends to the bar or whatever. And I'm like all jazzed to go and whatever all day. And then like, I, I get this fe- like sinking feeling of like, mm, maybe I should, maybe tonight's not a good night. Like maybe right. tonight is either like something, somebody's going to get into an argument or there's going to be somebody weird at the bar. Just something is strange. I think it's better if I stay home. And I do. Like recently that happened like on uh, on New Year's Eve. Like I was I, I was bummed that I didn't go out like to to where it's planned to go out. But like all day, just me and Maggie were just having this kind of weird feeling about going out that hmm. evening. And it was like, maybe we should just stay in. So we just like went to their friend's housewarming party for or New Year's Eve party for a little bit. You know, it was very small, you know, low key appetizers and drinks sort of thing. And then we left and stayed in. And the next day I was taking trash out. And one of my neighbors that I'm friendly with uh, just, you know, chit chat with me. And she was like, yeah, I was just decided to stay home. It was like, I I guess everything was like really weird. My friend texted me and said like the bars were like weird and people were being off and whatever. So it was like, I was glad I was staying at home. And I'm like, shit, yeah, no, that's why I stayed at home. Just had like a weird vibe. So yeah, I, I that's a long-winded way of saying yes. I, like I, I totally get that weird sinking, just like something not good is going to happen if I do or don't do this thing. Right. And you know, the other thing is, because obviously this isn't like they were sitting at the light, because that's the thing. Some of these are like they were sitting at the light and then they, sure. you know, this thing flashed in the, you know, that's like final destination. We're talking about like you seeing something, but it's, you're the only one seeing it and it's only being presented yeah. to your, again, your consciousness, yeah, however you want to take stuff, it. I've never, that I've right. never ever encountered. Like I've never had a visual premonition unless you count like, like dream deja vu. Sure. Like I feel like I've dreamt this or whatever, but like. Right. A, a physical like image coming up to me or like a, a, a seeing a scenario play out that nobody else sees. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I've never experienced that. And that I would question more. <laughs> well, and that's the question that I have here because this is kind of both, right? Because he's having a precognition about this thing happening to him. And then the next day his car doesn't start. So you, like you mentioned, they, they could be existing at the same time with no causation between them. Right. But I have a, my question here is if we play this scenario out in a different direction, does it maybe give a little shine a little bit more light on what's going on? So let's let's assume that he had this dream. But then let's play the scenario out in a different direction where he is able to make his car start the next day. He gets up goes to work like normal. Does he find himself at any point during the day in the position that he found himself in the dream the night before? That's the question that I have. And I think that that's maybe even the more interesting topic to kick around because yes, he never had the opportunity to be in the position from his dream, right? So we assume because the car didn't start, therefore he was never going to be in that position that he was in in the dream. But my question to you is, does that mean that if he had been able to start his car, that he would have then been back into that position? And do you think that there would have been another opportunity for him to divert? Or if his car had like, started, the was the universe he- would have like been like, okay, you didn't listen to the first. Right. Like, let's say, he, okay, so like he gets in the car, he turns the, the key, it, it doesn't turn over, he turns the key again, it does turn over. He pulls out, would the universe be like, all right, one more shot. Right. <laughs> one more shot to give this guy. No, I don't think so. So you think that it's like you, a one opportunity one, type thing. I think thing. you get one pass when the universe is feeling generous. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Because like, 
because it well it comes back to again and, and I that's why I'm asked about visual premonition right because you have someone in the comments mentioning I was sitting at the light which is what this guy is talking about right the guy was talking about him being in a car crash and this person then finds themselves at the light and a visual premonition happens which causes them to stop in that moment, the question that I have is, did that person have any other opportunity throughout the day? Because that's like a matter of seconds. That's the thing here. Like if it's you like, don't like, are you at like, if, so if you just aren't recognizing the uh, right, right. The sign, the universe uh-huh. are giving, uh, I mean, your car not starting is a pretty like e- not easy sign to e- ignore. Especially if you need it to get around. I think like if the universe is warning you of like your imminent death, it's going to give you better signs than like 333. I'm watch, like, you know. I guess the question then, the, the final question on, on the topic of this Reddit post is, at what level do you acknowledge what's going on as a, you know, a, a, a kind of a warning of a threat versus it's just, you know, a, it's something that can be ignored. Because like, like you just said, if we think that the universe doesn't give you more than one chance, then you only get one chance. But I don't know if that's the case or not. Let's assume that the universe gives you multiple chances. Do you like what, 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 like you said, if it's just the clock changing or something, what level does one pay attention to signs and wonders in relation to their life versus just ignoring it? Right. Like you said, the car not starting, that makes your life pretty miserable. But right. What, what level is that at? That's pretty high, but like, you know, there, there are plenty of other things where it's like, oh, I didn't do that. Like example. So when Kate and I were going on vacation, in 2021, we went to Arizona and we almost hit an elk. And I, I talked about it, you know, two almost two years ago now on an episode right after it happened. If we had if if we had stopped for me to eat, if we had taken the dogs out to go to the bathroom a third time, it never would have happened. Never would have happened. I got no precognitions about it other than my wife asking me, hey, do you want to eat your sandwich now or while we're driving? Like, what the fuck precognition is that? <laughs> I'm I'm more asking like why the fuck is one person's car not starting and the universe is perfectly okay with me plowing into an elk? That's <laughs> more what I'm I, getting at. I don't I don't know. Maybe that person is like exceptional of some kind. Not saying you're not exceptional. Um, well, I, this, <laughs> I'm not exceptional enough. <laughs> it's so a, maybe it's they're a gonna level. like stop like some horrible you know, history altering event. And they must stay alive longer. Well, that, but, but what's, but the question is what, but then that's not just the universe, right? That's something the, the question is what's driving, what's making these happen. If there's something right. making these happen, what is it? Is it just the interconnectivity of the universe? Is there, you know, somebody pulling this? Cause again, what you're talking okay, about is so some, what if, somebody has to be pulling the strings. If it's you are going to cure cancer and you were prevented from being hit by a bus as a child, like how, how can we know that without it having already happened too? Okay. So what if, all right, so we'll, we'll bring in multiple oh, dimensions. Simulation theory. <laughs> no, no, no. Multiple dimension type thing. So there's you right now or this man right now. I wish everybody could see what Jess is doing. This is you. (laughs) Jess has one finger finger up. And you have a dream, right? Dreams are ourselves. There are, you know, our brains doing a magical thing for us. Right. Ostensibly, they would be related to the, like, general vibrations we have as people, right? Connecting to our world around us. Right. So, insert multiple dimensions here. One of those vibrations go through the dimensions to yourself, to yourself, like in wherever, you know, these different universes are and happen to be on your future self. Like you can connect to you, it connects to your future self. Okay. You can sense that the dangerous thing is going to happen because it sees it happens. And when it happens, it reverberates back to you and goes into your dream and your dream warns you. Hmm. So the multiple dimension is not about me existing like currently, but me existing the in the future. Okay. Everything's happening all at once. Yeah. That <laughs> kind of time. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, everything is, time is a flat circle. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I kind of honest to God, and this is, you know, kind of have gone into a different direction here, but I'm, I, I like this direction that we've headed because it, uh-huh. it really speaks to something that I've been really struggling with. Uh, mm-hmm time mm, same right like in a way Very that i weird in a way that i never have before yeah i went to uh uh 
Maggie took me, picked me up from work and took me to pick up lunch in the middle of the day. And I just went to Wendy's because I wanted chili and a baked potato. <laughs> and we went to Wendy's. We went back to my job. I got to my desk. And I was like, I don't remember a goddamn thing about the interaction at Wendy's. Like at all. Like the ordering of the food, the getting the food out of the window, the all the things. And it was like no time. I'm like, what is happening? And it's various different things, not just stuff like that, but just right. various different time issues. So the, the being thing on time, I'm struggling with being on time, like I like never have before. Really? Okay. Huh. I mean, again, if time is just a construct, being late or being on time really is just. I mean, true. <laughs> time is a as time is a human construct. Nature doesn't okay. observe time the way we do. And, right. And for me, that's the thing that I struggle with is like internalizing time. Because for me, and you and I were talking about this before we started recording, I am a night owl. I am up until three or four in the morning and I will start the recording process or the work day in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. probably around like two or three in the afternoon. And I'll be Mm -hmm. in here until like midnight at least. That's like, and then you stand up and walk out and it's like all uh, like it right. doesn't yeah what at, right now it's go. seven o'clock right now it's seven twenty four. this is something we're never supposed to do as podcasters is tell what time it is or what right. day it is because then it dates the show and and then all of a sudden it becomes Whatever, yeah. right it's seven thirty now i guarantee you when i'm done for the evening recording it'll be midnight at least and i will go that was weird that that i recorded today but i don't like, it just doesn't feel real. The only way I remember it happened is because we're going to have this recording. And it's right. like you said about your interaction at Wendy's. It's just like, it feels like, it feels like somebody turned the dial up on how time is perceived. And I mm-hmm. know that everybody says that the older you get, the harder it is to perceive time. But are you telling me that at some point days are going to go like that? As if they already aren't? Right. Like even more so gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like it's, it's, be- yeah, like the work day, like it's. It's the whole thing, it feels like, and then it's done, and then I'm asleep, and then I'm back at work. And it, it, I, I, did you watch Severn? <laughs> no, I haven't, but I, 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 I know enough about it to know what you're getting at. But it's starting, sometimes it's, it starts to feel that way, like where I just, like, I wake up and it's like, oh, it's back, back to the gun, back to do the thing. Again, well, and I, you know, I always one, I always wonder if and we're that it's per- all gone. I wonder if we're perceiving this all incorrectly. I wonder if the dreams are the reality, and this is this is the non-existence. Because there's times, that, I mean, we talked about, but yeah, but but it would make a lot more sense in a way. Ooh, that'd be terrible. My, my dreams are awful. But but that would kind of be the point, though. Do you know what I mean? We're like you need the mundane because everything in the world, when the in the quote unquote real world, is horrible. I just, I don't know. Like very it, disjointed. It feels like when we wake with people, you vaguely know. It feels like when you wake up, it doesn't. When I wake up, I feel like I'm going to sleep more than I'm waking up in a lot of ways, and that's it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to cope with because again, like it all goes back into this idea of the perception of time. Because a lot of times, it just I will close my eyes and open them, and then it's an, another day. And like it's hard to, it's a hard thing to struggle with sometimes. Cause you, cause sometimes it feels like I close my eyes and open them and it's all of a sudden it's December again. That's the problem. And that's where this precognition comes into it. Cause it's like, again, if these people are able to see that, has this already taken place? Are we really not perceiving time? Cause like you said, I, your idea of what this could be is a, an interesting one. And I think it's one that like, you know, again, reality is so subjective that I can't say if you're right or wrong, but mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, say, again, right? like if something is dictating that people need to stay alive for a certain reason, then that has already happened. So there's sen- something is getting to us from, from somewhere, somewhere else. else. Yeah. Wow. We went all over the place with this one. Yeah. So, uh, so, so what, what are the comments say? Eh? Uh, well, the, yeah, the, the com- I mean, the comments are really just again, everybody is just I don't think nobody is really taking like a you're not like telling the truth it's more people just going that's weird or yeah i've had something similar happen <laughs> that's so, weird yeah that's right it's weird so what do you what do you got for me what what is what did you find on r slash paranormal all right so i have something from uh yesterday wow something new and fresh uh from uh posted by user swimmy three three zero one one uh got lured to the forest by something oh wow it's flair's experience 
it had 249 upvotes and like 80 comments. So this happened to me about an hour ago. I was walking my dog and we were walking down the street of the neighborhood I live. I then heard an owl making their typical noise. I then walked further with my dog through the neighborhood with the owl assumingly constantly moving even though there were no real trees to land it. I followed the sound further because I have a personal connection to them. After many direction changes, I found myself down at the forest's edge. When I arrived there, we were standing before a dark entrance. The owl was gone and a creepy crawling could be heard, which was faster than it should have been and being directed towards me coming from the deep inside wood. Then I heard the owl again, hooting from the direction, hooting from the direction the strange approaching crawling sound came from. My dog then became terrified and started threatening whatever was lurking in the darkness. At that point, because of the crawling, because the crawling became even more faster and unsettling, I sprinted backwards around 30 meters and turned around to see if something was behind me. Then it was an owl again, as if telling me to come back. When I told my dog to calm him down that we will head home, a distorted laughter was what I heard. A laughter not really human. After that, I headed straight home and locked all the doors. It was it was and is nighttime here. Thank you for reading and please share your thoughts on the matter. I don't know how to explain any. So what are those before we before we break it down? What are those good old Reddit folks? What do they say? What are the, what what what's their what's their take on the laughter in the woods? So the overall uh most popular idea is that it is fake. Okay. Uh, lots of sounds like Faye could be Faye. Uh, a few people asking where they are. Oh, we do have a small update. Hold on. Small update from our original poster. Thank you all for sharing your thoughts on the matter. It really means a lot to me. I slept well and tried to find answers that could maybe debunk my story. Personal connection to owls. I mean that we once raised up owls that fell from their nest. I really like those little creatures. I personally can't imagine creatures like a Wendigo. So someone, yes, suggest Wendigo. Uh, I can't imagine creatures like a Wendigo living in my forest. It is a forest of my childhood where I regularly walk my dog when it's daytime and where I have been many times when it when it was dark. I never had any experience like that before. Not even my family members who have lived there since the, the 50s have had experiences. My grandmother's home was actually only 60 meters away from the forest. And the only, quote, strange moments that occurred were some possibly imagined white creature in the corner of my eye, but one was never there when I turned. Nothing ever happened up to that. Could maybe have been a tree or something. So that was the update from the user, which was effectively they never figured out what it was. But yes, lots of um, fey speculation. So, you know, the the fact that somebody mentioned Wendigo's not surprising, I wouldn't think. Okay. At least for me. No. They didn't say where this took place, though, right? No. Okay. No, they didn't Unless I can figure it out from their profile. Did this person to you seem like a, a native English speaker? Not to profile them, but it, no, it, because, y- you know what I'm getting well, at, though. I mean, European, at least, because they're using meters. Okay. And so they're using meters. So they're European then. When uh, Wendigos, it, it's interesting. I, I, you know, when I think of Wendigo, it's just, I feel like Wendigo is, is, is not something that uh, is European. They're saying forest also, like generally. They right. Be like I guess they might, spray, I guess they could be like, Canadian, Canadian, you know, I, again, Canadians use meters and, and the metric system, but you know, a Wendigo is a, is a North American mythological creation. I mean, that's a first people's thing. That's not something that would be in European mythology or even European folklore. So right. that's why I asked, do you think this person's a native English speaker? Because I, I wonder if they're stateside. Because again, if they're stateside, okay, Wendigo makes perfect sense. But again, you know, a laughter in the woods, there are birds that laugh like people. Ravens can laugh, right? Can't yeah, they? I mean, a lot of birds can mimic laughter. I mean, yeah, depending where they are, definitely. I, I don't know. I mean, this person speaks English well enough, but it is a little bit interesting in some ways, like just structurally. Um, so I can see it being a very fluent second language, but not a native, you know. So that's why same. it's like Wendigo just doesn't strike me. At, I, I, I feel like whenever we talk about stuff regarding American folklore, it's either ghosts, Bigfoot, okay. or then mm-hmm. 
Chupacabra and then Wendigo. And yeah. Wendigo just feels like all encompassing because I'm not even sure and, and everybody can agree on the definition of Wendigo. And I'm not talking about the actual definition. I'm talking about people who are just saying like, oh, that's a Wendigo. That's okay. It's not a catch-all term. It's it's a very specific thing. <laughs> but, okay, so they're lured there by this owl-seeming things. Now, owls aren't birds that mimic, like, humans. They're pretty screechy creatures. Uh, but then there's also the creepy crawling on the ground right, right. towards them, which is not an owl thing, as far as I know. I don't know. I am not an owl expert. Jess Byer, we have Jess Byard on the line. Or Owl expert. That well, that I was waiting for you to make that joke. Given that the what is it they say in the show? The owls. The owls know, are not so. what they seem. The owls are not what they seem. Yeah. You know, I've I've always struggled with uh, my feelings on going out into the woods late at night because I know, like a lot of other people, myself included, uh, I- I've camped before plenty of times, and I'm not like alone in this. And being out in the woods at night is scary. It, it is. I mean, it's scary on its own. It doesn't have to be anything out there for it to be scary to be out in the woods, far from civilization, back feeling the way the people who colonized and the people who lived in this country long ago feel. Because again, that's the closest you can get with without without really going back in time to go out into nature with a tent is trying to reconnect in a lot of ways with, you know, the kind of the the ways of life from a, a, a day long ago. That shit's scary without anything being out there. And it gives you a real appreciation of l- electricity and locks on right. doors. And uh, I mean, even and this is for me, uh, one of the things that a lot of people don't think about when it comes to camping, at least people who don't just have done it before. You know, it's like halfway impossible to get comfortable out in nature unless you have a foam pad or a cot or a sleeping bag mm-hmm. or a pillow like being yeah, out be in, like off, off the ground right to be off the ground is like something you take for granted when you live in a house you know you worry nope, about animals I, I and pets it. pests and shit getting into your you know spiders getting in your house you're out in their domain when you're out there so yeah, it, for, for me it's like you know, I always take these kinds of stories with a grain of salt, not because I don't want to believe them, but because I've been out in the woods late at night with yeah. with with myself as an adult, with myself as a nice. kid, with myself as a teenager. And it's fucking scary across the board. There's never wasn't yeah. as an adult. It's still scary. So that all being said, there's a lot of shit in the woods. Again, yes. if you there's so much in the woods that it's like it could have just been a, 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 an actual animal. But if it's dark and you can't see, anything is scary in the woods. Right. Yeah, I I am uh, I'm pretty much in your fault in, in your court here. Like it for me, you don't you don't know what the hell you're looking at if it's nighttime in the woods. Nighttime yeah. in the woods. You don't know what you're looking at. You don't know what you're hearing unless, you know, this this person did not indicate, you know, I understand that this is property or whatever wood, wood area, wooded area that is behind their family home that they've spent a lot of time in through their whole life. But like, I, you're not an expert, right? You're not an expert on everything living in the woods and its movements and its sounds. And I think a lot of things can sound that way that live in the woods and anything that walks on the ground can as far as i'm concerned if you can't see it anything walking through leaves and making that noise is gonna right. be unsettling right now you know they do mention that it follows them and turns back into an owl so again their perception is that it's following them yes <laughs> that's their perception yes. they didn't see it again the, the thing that you have to like anything else that the grain of salt that has to be taken here is you were out in the woods at night you're already right. putting yourself in a heightened state of awareness because one of your senses has effectively been taken away your ability to mm-hmm. see has been taken away in a lot of ways so you're already heightened any noise i mean close your eyes in your house for 10 minutes at night and you'll hear all kinds of shit you'll hear all kinds of bumps sure, and yeah. creaks you live in an apartment you live in a townhome you live in a house you live in a, an apartment you live wherever the now, fuck you live you're going to hear, hear stuff a lot of, i hear a lot of you know car i live you know right facing a street a pretty busy street so i hear a lot of cars and sirens and all that but even that's unsettling you know right it's unsettling in a different way you can psych yourself out in a lot of ways with your i mean everything is heightened you know if you're in the woods of the dark your senses are heightened because Mm -hmm. your body is like i'm in the dark i need to heighten my hearing i need to heighten my awareness i need to heighten my adrenaline in case something comes out 
It's just, you know, natural instincts, survival instincts inside yourself. And as a Westerner, or at least, again, someone who speaks English proficiently enough, there's no way they haven't been bombarded with all variety of things that are things that have taken place in the woods. Things that kill you in the woods. Right. Movies. I mean, fictional tales, let alone actual nonfiction tales. But there's enough fictional things that you can see either directly or indirectly that can completely warp the way you think about something like being out in the woods at night. If you've seen movies where people are being stalked through the woods at night, Blair Witch and things of that variety, you're going to already be scared shitless. You know, I would like to believe that there's something horrifying in the woods waiting to lure people out there. I really do, because I, as Adam Green said in Digging Up the Marrow, I like to believe that there are monsters out there. And I do, (laughs) because it's not fun to believe I that there too. aren't monsters, right? Faye would be, I mean, Faye would be terrifying. I was, I was about to say Faye would be cool, but Faye would be terrifying, realistically. We should do, like, a multiple episode on uh, various... On our friends creatures. of the... On our friends of the woods? Our woodland... Our woodland creature friends? Yeah, our friends. That's what they are. Um, but... Until they smash you to death with their clubs or rip you apart in their mass numbers, right, yeah. Right, or take over your fucking life or whatever. Yeah. Like, no, 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 thank you. But, um... Yeah, the the likelihood of this being um, just a weird animal or a combination of sounds and, you know, sound traveling and bouncing off trees and various things to rile up your senses versus a fang or a wendigo. Wendigo's a catch-all term, it feels like, and that's unfair because wendigos are fucking terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, there's a few people in the comments like saying skinwalker and wendigos. Uh, one for Skinwalker is something else completely. Holy shit! I know. Skinwalkers uh, are, are skinwalkers are like a skinwalkers are more of a a, a medicine man, like a witch doctor, like a witch. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you. Okay, let me just ask you something as we as we close out this one. Let's yes. do like we did on the last one. Say there is something in the woods. What is it? What is it? If there's something in the woods, if there not, was uh, something in the woods, fucking thing. yeah, if there's something in the woods trying to lure them to them, what is it? I would be inclined to say a doppelganger. I think or that's, a, that's, that's an interesting I answer. Would. I honestly would say a doppelganger or a fae. Like, I mean, in the woods, like in a forest. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. some sort of pixie creatures, like one of those, you know, various woodland creatures that are all cutesy whatever but then you know ultimately very malicious and like self-serving you know puckwudgies right so you know without no if i knew exactly where it was i'd probably give you like a specific cryptid or like specific area theme you know creature but i would say either a doppelganger or a a fairy a fake creature of some kind what about you yeah, you know, the 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 laughter is not like a siren call. It's it's no. That's what I don't understand like when they're talking about like oh, it seemed like it was beckoning me back. It's like that's that is not the sound of beckoning. That is this that is not that. That is the sound of in my mind something trying to keep you away, not trying to well, but lure it was you like in. Appearing as an owl, so it's like, "Ooh, you really like owls." Come me. Yeah, but then the laughter, like the laughter is not going to continue to bring you in. It's, it, you know. No, it's just going to be fucking scary. Menacing laughter is menacing and menacing laughter is not received very well by most people, I would assume. No, so, I'd be like, bye. Yeah, so I don't, I, I, I like the idea of doppelganger. I, I, I think that that's something that we've never really talked about on the show, but it's something that it's a weird part. It's a weird paranormal supernatural thing because it's, again, it, it's kind of like don't a cat. freak me the fuck out. It's a catch-all, but not really. But it's not something that gets talked about enough, I feel like, because it's not that exciting, right? It is, but like I can see why someone wouldn't find it nearly as exciting as Aliens or Bigfoot or something else. Like, I can understand, because it's just know, I guess. you. Yeah. But you, uh, like you, another version of uh, you, you know that what? you are mean, not you know, okay with is no, like, you know. I've been, we, we've been wrong this entire time, Chris. I've been wrong. I was saying the wrong thing. I meant changeling. Oh, I mean, same thing, though. We're talking about same the same like idea. Appearances, though, right? But but wouldn't your change? Yeah, but well, they just take you over. Right. Well, that's but the it, thing. like to me, like the double it's like the evil version of you. Right. Like, well, that's what I was. That's, that's creepy. But see, that's what I mean when I said doppelganger is kind of a, a catch all because a changeling is by definition a, a doppelganger. Yeah. 
But it's, I think yeah, changelings are horrifying. Like anything, they regard, are. anything like invasion of the body snatchers is a lot scarier of a premise than it is a movie inside. Yeah, it's scarier than it is a, a movie because like there's no way you can it's make a that good movie. movie. It's not scary. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but it's, the premise is horrifying. It's upsetting. Very yeah. upsetting. Um, I, you know, I think with with something like this for me, the idea of a a a entity or a being trying to subvert your art- your own autonomy and take over your body and turn you into something else or trap you in your own body where you have you know limited functionality i think that for me is just that's scarier than anything you can really think about right that's fucking horrifying cuz at least I jason mean- or freddy kills you at least you're fucking dead at least you're dead you're cut in yeah, half. I you're cut like in you're half. Dead. I feel like you're dead if well, you get in the, you know, the bodies. But in that, but in that version, yeah. But there are plenty of other pieces of fiction where like, even get, even get out. Oh, like if you're like a doppelganger, like if you get doppelganged, or <laughs> that's a different episode, Jess. <laughs> or changelinged. <laughs> if you get doppelganged by the Mothman, <laughs> and you're still around, and you have to deal with this, now it's like fucking up your life, and you're dealing with the consequences. I just feel like that. Scary. But what if but if you get taken over and they take over your body, but you're still there, but not able to control it, that's horrifying. That would be pretty horrible. Yes. That I is. mean, that is get out. I mean, that's, you know, so many yeah. pieces yeah, of fiction. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah. And that's horrifying. Like, I I, I don't know how because, again, like it, it's a scare. It's that the to show that is hard to convey that that's what's going on is hard. But if you think about it for five minutes, it's it's like there's nothing worse than that. Yeah. They're just there. Yeah, you're just, out. yeah, you're watching. You're a, you're a, you're a, you're the constant companion. You're the deep, 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 deep down. Yeah, floating, yeah. watching this old white person take the body <laughs> over. Right? <laughs> did you watch the Cabinet of Curiosities, the Guillermo del Toro thing on Netflix? I did. Yeah, Maggie and I watched it. There, uh, the the autopsy episode is kind of in mm-hmm. that same vein of this. Yeah, mm-hmm. that yeah, was scary. Oh, like that idea. Either. Yeah. That idea I mean, is horrifying. Of, isn't there like 14 Tales from the Crypt episodes like that? Yeah. I mean, Judy, you're not yourself <laughs> today. Yeah. Yeah. There are. Yeah. There's plenty of episodes where people get body swapped and body switched I mean, willingly and unwillingly. Like, but I mean, specifically the autopsy, like I'm under the knife, but I can't do anything about it situation. Yeah, I guess. There was the one with uh, 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 like Miguel Ferrer. Was that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dylan McDermott. Yes. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Fuck. That was hard to get to. Yeah, where you're like trapped in your own brain. Yeah. 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 Huh. I don't know. You know, I don't I don't think they saw anything. I don't think anything was trying to take them over. I think that shit in the woods at night is scary. And I think that we're going to come up with something much scarier than whatever they heard because it was probably like a mouse. <laughs> it, was a, it was a mouse right. walking through the leaves and an owl was chasing after it. And it was scurrying around. It was, That's we didn't understand the biosphere. <laughs> we don't understand the interactions in the environment, but it was an owl chasing after a mouse that was walking around in but the hey- leaves. Look, it's better than that than like it was a bear or something, which is a very real thing that definitely could have killed you yeah. and not, you know, a fairy. <laughs> right. What's worse, a fairy or a bear? Uh, well, a bear. <laughs> exactly. What's worse, a bear? Yeah. I, yeah. Fairies are supposed to be cute. We we know that they're not, but yeah, yeah, they're supposed to be. <laughs> So I've got one more. This is a rather long one, and I think it's a, it's a good way to end the episode. And it's got it's got a great title too. So this is from a month ago. It's uh, it was submitted by, and you're gonna love this name, Reefer Z Z Z Z. So Reefers, gotcha. Yeah, four love Z. It. Not one, not two, not three, but four Z's. I believe this man already. I believe this person already. This was upvoted 489 times. It's labeled as an experience and the name of the post is i see you as in i see you not i see you but intensive care unit the dead yes the place in the hospital (laughs) right (laughs) i see you the dead and the demon okay yeah 1994 
I was 24 years old at the ER with a hand infection. The doc discovered I had a piece of glass lodged in my pinky finger and it had become infected. He removed the glass and irrigated the wound and sent me home with antibiotics saying, if it gets any worse, just come back in. I drove 30 minutes home and began feeling immense pain within minutes of being home. I immediately returned to the hospital. It got worse. But by the time I arrived, the pain was completely unbearable. The infection felt like someone had drilled a three-quarter inch hole in the palm of my hand with a spade bit, poured gasoline in it, and lit it on fire. Very, this is a very crafty, very crafty person. Very specific. Three quarters of an inch with a spade bit. I like your descriptive language. Yeah. My veins in my right arm were purple all the way to my shoulder as the infection traveled. I collapsed on the floor of the ER lobby, and the next thing I know, they're cutting a ring off a swollen finger and prepping me for immediate surgery. The surgeon said, are you willing to lose your hand to save your life? I responded, do whatever you need to do. I woke I mean, up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I woke up post surgery in ICU with a severe strep infection. I still had my hand, but they had to open up my pinky palm and wrist to scrape the infection from my nerves and tendons. I stayed in the ICU for two weeks, and my blood counts were still not improving at all. One night I was sleeping and had a dream or vision, if you will. I was awakened by a black shadow at the foot of my bed. He had lifted and dropped the end of my bed, startling me awake, then disappeared. Terrified, I rang the nurse's bell several times to no avail. So I got out of my bed to find my way to the nurse's station. The hospital was different. The lights were off in my room and the door was open. The hallway was dimly lit. I walked down the hall and it was nasty. The walls were urine colored and filth was dripping and oozing down the walls. There were a few people about, but they were dead, shuffling about with their hospital gowns, pulling their IV stands slowly along the dimly lit corridor. I ran back to my room and jumped into bed. The black shadow returned, and now I realized he was either death or a demon. He did not have a detailed facial or body features, just a black humanoid body surrounded by an aura of darkness. Without uttering a word or making a sound, he violently and repeatedly lifted the end of the heavy hospital bed high and slammed it down, shaking it side to side each time over and over again. Finally, I said loudly and with force, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to go. The room became momentarily black, and then bam, a bright white electricity shattered the void and enveloped the demon, crackling in electric vehemence. The being reacted as if being violently electrocuted and fried by 20,000 volts of pure electricity, and suddenly it was gone, and I awoke. The bright lights, sanitized room, and beeping monitors were a welcome sight. I ran the nurse's... I ran. I rang the nurse's bell and yelled I for ran help. ran the nurse's... They came immediately and checked everything out and took a blood draw for the lab. The next morning, the physician and medical team came in and told me that my blood work came back great with a normal white cell count. This after 14 days of no improvement until now. I was released the next day and went through vigorous PT to regain 100% use of my hand. It took 28 years to write this experience down, so I share it with you here for the first time. Okay. The comments. <laughs> the yeah, comments. That's a lot. What? What do the people say? A lot of people are talking about similar experiences. I had a very similar experience when I had uh, severe sepsis and 108 fever. That night, there was an angel of death standing behind my bed. It was a black void, cloud fog in the shape of a human. I was so sick, I just assumed I was hallucinating. A lot of people saying similar things about... You know, I was on the brink of death and I had an experience or I knew someone who had an experience because they were on the brink of death. So nobody say again, this is our slash paranormal. So people aren't coming in here to say you're fucking lying. But sure, people do I mean, call people bullshit do, when there though, is. Bull- yeah. Well, people are calling it when they feel it, because, again, the last thing anybody wants is, you know, someone to come in here and start stinking it up with with nonsense. So all that aside, what did what did you think of this one, Jess? <laughs> um. I mean, it's a lot. And this type of stuff to me is always very conflicting because it's the life, it's the afterlife potential thing, right? When it comes to a lot of these experiences. Well, they invoke Jesus Christ directly. They invoke, exactly, yeah. So it's a very Christian afterlife. And so I'm already inclined to be skeptical. Um, I I know that this is a cop-out answer, but other than this person, because it is, you know, very, again, very descriptive, very pretty decently written, um, very elaborate story could be 
just some bullshit. But like you said, generally the people on here do tend to call that out. This is resonating with people in a way that it is making them like you want to relate to it and comment on it. And, you know, at least a, a, a conversational way, if not a positive way. And I, again, feel like this is a cop out answer, but I truly believe this person believes they had this experience. Agreed. I agree with you on that. But I don't believe that this experience is what they're taking it to be. I think that a lot of these things, like these people say in the comments, you know, they're having these these hallucinations, these seeing these things, feeling these things when they're very sick, when they're at the, you know, literally having a, a brink of death moment and the brain in synapses are firing, 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 right? Yeah. Because it's like all systems are failing. Right. It's like in Star Trek, those red lights are just going off. Everything is just flying. And I think that our brains are extremely powerful. Like we talked about with dreams earlier in this episode. I think our brains are extremely powerful. We already know we have dreams and we can, you know, as human beings, not everybody, but a lot of people can visualize things on a daily basis. Just, you know, with purely without, you know, a prompt or anything like that. People can see full on shit in their mind while they're looking at other things like we, right. we can do that. Right. So and sometimes it's not that, even like a disease. I mean, that's no, schizo- that's no, schizophrenia. That. But that is schizophrenia in a oh, lot of yeah. ways. But like yeah, people there's... can do it without that, 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 that being part of their life as well, which is equally like, as kind of do, impressive. The mundane things that we can do with our brain, you know, on a daily basis are, you know, pretty fantastic as they are. But yeah, I think that we can, our, our brains are, are doing a lot. And I think that that's what's happening. I think that it's just a chemical reaction for the most part, coupled with, you know, our memories, our thoughts, our, you know, everything that's our knowledge, our whole knowledge bank and our whole memory bank. So yes, a lot of these things that are very religious probably come from very religious backgrounds. Mm-hmm. So of course, that's what they're going to see, right? Because all these near-death experiences and things, people are seeing their version of an afterlife. They're never like, oh, my God, I went to the afterlife and I saw Zeus and Hera and everybody. Like, there's nothing. (laughs) Who are you? (laughs) There's no other. Yeah, there's no or there's no, you know, other. Yeah, it's just they see their version of what they're predicting the afterlife is going to be. So or what it could be, not necessarily what they're wanting it to be, but at factors of it that, you know, right, right. Are there. So, yes, I believe that this person believes they had that experience, but I think that it is a chemical reaction to the brain mixed with our, you know, built in memory mix. Yeah, no, I, I, I actually was, you know, that was kind of the exact spot that I came down here. It's just, look, if you weren't in the hospital and this happened to you while you were in your, in your bed, in your mm-hmm. house, I would say, holy shit, this was a crazy experience. But you were in the hospital. And look, here's here's the crazy thing. Okay. Friend of the podcast, Dustin, had something similar happen with his hand where he got a piece of glass in his hand and it was like infected beyond belief. And it was yeah. like, he had exactly. to go back to the hospital two or three times. He was in the he was in the hospital for a while because of it. Yeah, that shit can get serious sepsis, man. Yeah, so this is this is not a joke. This is not like 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 you've said that like you're you're in a position where you might die. So mm-hmm. your body is going to do everything it can to kind of ease you into your pain. Your like everything. Like your kind. Like it, it, your brain is your body is trying to stay alive, and your brain wants you to be completely like, unaware of it. Because yeah. you can't handle it. Yeah. Your con nobody's consciousness, even if they're prepared for it, is actually prepared to be un unexisting. And so honestly, what I think this is is like you said, it's the brain trying to ease the body into death mm-hmm. in in, mm-hmm. in the most I guess in the in the best way that it knows how to. And again, that's gonna vary from person to person. Like you said, I don't think if you or I were in this position, we would mm-hmm. invoke Jesus or anything no I'm, probably not look i don't think demons necessarily have to be biblical creations negative energy negative spirits can exist without a biblical connotation right. that all being said that's not what's happening here this is literally a hallucination of someone who's in a in the icu in the intensive care unit where people go after being in car accidents being shot like very critical care Right. So the fact that you're sitting in bed and you're having a a near death experience, seemingly, I would say, by their by their definition, um, 
I would think that that is something that is being more fueled by your present condition on the corporeal plane, less anything intruding from the intangible plane. I don't, like you said, I don't think there's a demon walking around. I don't think any of that. I think you're literally dying and your body doesn't want you to freak out while you're dying. Now, am I mistaken that in this story, I think part of it that they are cured? Yeah, at the end of it, they're fine. <laughs> the fever broke. I mean, that's what it sounds like. Like I've, yeah. I have personally had hallucinations from a high fever. I've had it. I yeah. remember how wild they were when I was a kid. I, when I was a kid, and I had my tonsils taken out, and I got like sick after I got an infection, and I, I had like a, a horrendous fever, and I just remembered. I don't remember specific hallucinations because I was like eight or nine when this happened. But yeah, I remember just feeling completely like nothing is real. I don't know where I am. Who are you? Like, I I don't know where anything is. Like, people would come visit me. I have no fucking recollection of like interacting with them at all. I did. Don't remember it. So yeah, brain does wacky things. I had this happen to me when I was 21. I We went and had dinner for my birthday and I got food poisoning really bad. Oof. And... I was running a really high fever and I was having hallucinations that I was actually in a wrestling ring wrestling. And like, it was like I was living in that world and everything. Like I, I don't, I mean, I remember enough of it, but like it wasn't happening, but it felt real. So what you're saying is uh, your uh, near death experience is going to be you in a wrestling ring. (laughs) Not tapping out, not being counted out. Not tapping out, just like like kicking ass, yeah. (laughs) He kicked out at three, Baka. No, I, I look, I ultimately think that, you know, heaven and hell are not a, a thing the way we perceive them to be. I think heaven and hell are a construct of our own mind. And our whenever our body turns off, our mind disconnects and goes there. And I think that you are a better judge of whether or not you're going to hell than anybody else. I think someone who's a terrible person's going to go to hell because their subconscious is a guilt factory. Work on your healing, folks. Their subconscious knows that they're a terrible person and that they deserve to go somewhere where they will have to work on themselves outside of That's the physical plane. That's a good concept plane. for a show. Uh-huh. That's a good concept for a show that you discover that the afterlife is just your subconscious. And if you didn't work on any of your like trauma and healing through your life, you just like are fucked. That's what hell is for someone who never wanted to work have on to it. figure it out. Yeah. Isn't hell for That's someone like that, the fact that they have to work on their problem uh-huh. as opposed to killing, you know, May, gay men and and putting their penises in jars or burying them under yeah. their house or being president right. of the United States. I mean, any it's of like those, oppi- you know, it's like a it's a similar show to it would be a similar show to Good Place, just in a different realm. Yeah, but and focusing on like your subconscious rather than. But that's what I believe all of this is, and that's what I believe. Like you said, heaven. You're not going to go to somebody else's heaven, and you're not going to go to somebody else's hell. You're going to go to one of the two that you deserve, and your own brain right. is going to know where you're going. Yes. Because your own brain is the only thing that's your own consciousness is the only thing that's been there the entire time. And there's nothing you can do to shut it off. So and that's and that's keep going. That's why I think people who are religious are just you're barking up the wrong tree because like there's nothing there. There's not going to be anything you can do about it other than just being a good person. Now, there's no there's no guarantee of anything else. Just be a good person now. And your subconscious will will recognize that ease you. Yeah. Ease yourself into the mortal plane by being a nice person while you're here. Yeah. And you'll be rewarded by your own subconscious when you die. Right. And not saying that you, the person who posted this is not a nice person. We do not. Right. No. But, you know, generally, if you're worried about going to hell, maybe just be a little nicer. Right. Right. Don't yell! Don't yell at! Don't yell at the people that get your order wrong. Don't be a, a piece of shit. It's not that hard. Right. I've never yelled at anybody at a restaurant. And I went out to eat tonight, and they got my order so wrong, and they didn't give me the right thing, and I did not turn around and go and scream at them. No, I've never once yelled at a fucking uh, service worker ever. No, no. There's a I've special. I've never yelled pl- at anyone in public ever. Just don't do that. In public. There's a special place in hell for for people that do that. Uh-huh. Their own subconscious hell. So I think this was good. This was a very kind of all the stories were kind of uh, at least the opening and the closing story were kind of in the same vein. Yeah. In your own mind. And got to go down some uh, interesting rabbit holes that we haven't yet got to explore. So, yeah, maybe for a future episode, we'll explore them further. Doppelgangers and fairy episodes. And have we done near death experiences? uh, Richard and I have talked about it because that's a thing that he's super into. But we've never like dived. Uh, 
Emma and I did an uh, Emma and I did an a a, re, a a reincarnation episode a couple years ago. So kind of like sideways from that. So right, yeah. You can you can find all those episodes on the uh, scary stories we tell RSS feed. Where can people find you, Jess, when you're not here? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at writer Jess Byard. Pretty much everything I'm doing goes there. You can find my various photography accounts and all of that stuff there. Uh, also, you can find me on various other podcasts here on Chris's Weirding Wing Network, uh, such as the Culture Cast, where we talk about movies every month with a different theme. You can find us, Chris, just then, just he and I, on our other shows. One, uh, the one season show. I was like, one scary story we tell. Nope, that's <laughs> not it. <laughs> one season of show. Show the one season show. And what's our other show, Chris? We kind of got another one. Do we? Do we? Do we? No, we don't. <laughs> it's this. You're on it right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're here on it. <laughs> I think that we've talked about doing other shows and maybe one yeah. of them just is like lying in my head. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, it, you can just find me on CultureCast and uh, one season show and here. That's it. And Bollywood Cinema Club. That's it. Fuck. Yeah, See, that's I what I knew it is. I always won. I wasn't Bo- crazy. Bollywood Cinema Club. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like Jess mentioned, you can find me here at uh, WeirdingWayMedia.com, which is where all the shows that Jess just mentioned, along with Mike White's The Projection Booth, Father Malone's Astounding Tales from the Public Domain, all kinds of stuff. You can go and find all that at WeirdingWayMedia.com. As for this show, Scary Stories We Tell.com, Scary Stories WT on all social media. And as always, please like, rate, and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get it, because that helps us find the audience that we know is out there waiting to hear us talk about weird shit. Jess, as always, this is fun. As always. As always, it's fun. And uh, as always, we'll let our good friend, the host of sightings, Mr. Tim White, lead us out. No mystery is closed to an open mind.